Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The length while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health. This is an online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available, or for those who are just too busy to attend consults, or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health, so prost to you. November 11th. 11 a.m. 60 seconds kids watch on the wall in the pub in the tab in the cars we remember and welcome to the penis project podcast as a bonus this week since i missed last week and we didn't publish one i thought we would do a few question and answers that i've received during the webinars i've been running on penile rehabilitation perhaps a few of these questions might resonate with you and have been having these questions too so here goes if you still have some questions that you're too embarrassed to ask, please email them to us and we will answer you either through email or you can just listen to some other episodes and see if you can find it there. But we'd love to receive your questions. Thanks and I hope you enjoy everybody else's. Have a great day. So the first question is, hi, Melissa. I had a prostatectomy six years ago. I have ED, erectile dysfunction, and need to use injections. My question is that I can have a strong nocturnal erection but can't have wakeful erections. Why is this so? I hear that quite often, actually. There's a couple of reasons. One is your testosterone is usually higher at night time. Oh, that's, you can only see half my face there, can't you? Um, the other reason is adrenaline is erection kryptonite. So most people have heard of Superman, and if Superman is faced with a piece of kryptonite, he turns from a tough guy to a melted chocolate bar and that is what adrenaline is like so when you're asleep you're calm and you don't have adrenaline rushing through your body but when you're awake and you're feeling anxious is my penis going to work then your body gets a big flush of adrenaline because you're in flight and flight and it makes your penis go down so I would be saying to you that I imagine there is a little bit of of anxiety going on with that, understandably, and that is definitely something that we could work around. Um, rehabilitation is important because you want to encourage those erections when you want them. I, I imagine that if you were taking medication, like PDE5 medications, 
correctly um, and try them all because it's important to know that if Viagra doesn't work for you, one of the others might, and there's four very good ones on the market. Um, and, yeah, different things work for different people. But I think you will find that that issue that you're having is probably related to what's going on in your mind and and there's certainly some things we could do there to encourage you to feel a little bit more relaxed and see how they go during um, when you're actually having intercourse. How does being on a blood thinner affect your erections? It doesn't actually affect your erections but what it can do is give you a small bruise if you use a pump and or and or injectable, injectable therapies but it doesn't, it doesn't negatively affect your erectile function at all. So a bruise on the shaft of your penis is not an issue, you know. So a little tiny bruise on your, on your penis, no problem. So it doesn't stop you from using injectable therapies, doesn't stop you from using a pump. It just means we would tweak the way you did that a little bit. And if some of these questions I'm not answering enough, please feel free, the people asking them, to ask for more. Uh, there's another question, can I take Viagra on a regular basis as rehab? Yes, you can, but there's a specific dose you need to take. Um, so that, that's all involved in the program. The better drug for rehab is actually Cialis or Tadadafil. Uh, so, but yes, you can take Viagra, but you would be better off with Cialis um, for that purpose. Uh, is there a form of electrostimulation that can help? If so, where are the plaids placed? I haven't read any research that says electrostimulation would help. Um, I think you'd be much better off with vibration therapy such as a pulse duo or a Vibrect because that has been shown to make differences to nerve regeneration in not just in penises but everywhere. So I think you would be much better off with vibration therapy than you would be with electrostimulation. Uh, this gentleman, I'm just going to have a drink of water. I feel like I've been talking nonstop. You're probably all sick of my voice. So I'm three years post-op, um, having injected for two and a half years and starting to recover injections and needing much less. Congratulations, that's fantastic. Also reacting now to Cialis and Viagra. Will your program be more help to me at this stage of my recovery? It depends what you've been doing. So with your injections, sounds like you're doing great with those. So the program might help by just tweaking how you're doing your injections and with your reduction in your dose. And often um, if you're using compounded medicine, often when you're this far post-op, it might be it's a good thing to change the mix because the, usually the drugs you use earlier on uh, longer acting and as you get further down then you um, further into the recovery process you need to change medicines because there's medicines that are shorter acting so that's as your nerves heal and and as an aside I think of a penis as a kettle with an electric cord going into a power system in the wall the power in the wall is your libido the penis is your kettle and the cord is your nerves that give you erections that are usually around your prostate. And so at the beginning, when you're straight after surgery or when all your erections are gone from radiation, it's like someone stole the cord. But as things are coming back, as they are for this guy we're talking about now, it's like someone put a frayed cord there and you want an electrician to come along and wrap some tape around it and that would fix it. So 
yes, your cord is back and it's frayed. And yes, the program would be more help because I think at your stage, you could add in vibration definitely. You could, should, if you're not doing it, be taking a daily dose of, of PDE5 medication to encourage more blood flow. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot of other information in there, depending on whether or not you're using pelvic floor exercises and all of those things. There's a lot of things that you could still do to assist that recovery even more. Uh, I have a lot of trouble being intimate with my wife and I don't know why. I hear this so often and I hear a lot of men who are actually really lonely because they just don't commit with their wife and they don't connect with their wife anymore. And I think that is often difficult because at this stage of our life, you know, from like 50 onwards, we often are looking after ageing parents, grandchildren, all of those things, and we've been through parenting often and busy jobs and careers and all of that, and then suddenly we find ourselves with more time on our hand and it's quite difficult to get that intimacy back because you didn't realise it was gone until you had time. So it's a common problem. Um, so to the guy who's asking this, you're not alone. This is a really common problem, and I definitely talk in the program a lot about intimacy, but I think the other thing that would be good in your case would be to perhaps book an online consult and we can talk about that in more detail. There's certainly some fantastic books and some exercises I could give you as a couple to find a way to start talking about this and, um, and reconnect. Next question. Um, do I know if this can be accessed through health insurance? Nope, it can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Very sad. Um, apparently, um, private health doesn't think that uh, it's important. However, the cost of a pump can be claimed through your health insurance extras if you have a letter supporting penile rehabilitation from your urologist. So we can do that, but it's not a great help. Uh, so next we have, I'm 43 and I'm two and a half months post-op. Wow, you're young to have this surgery. I'm doing physio, taking the blue pill and getting an erection when masturbating, though not to the same standard. Do I need to be pumping? And if I can get an erection when masturbating? The challenge I have is that I'm single, so it's all down to me and it's hard to tell if the practice would translate to action on the game day. That's a really good question. So masturbating is fantastic. Keep doing it. It's great but I, you need to be getting your penis erect or semi-erect at least three or four times a week. And I, what I find with people who rely solely on masturbation to get semi-erections when they're at your stage, and you've, by the way, that's an amazing recovery. And every other guy in this chat is probably really jealous that you're doing that well after two and a half months post-op. The problem is, is it becomes a chore and you don't want even solo sex to become a chore. So Using a pump would be really helpful because someone your age, you could use a pump five, 10 minutes a day and then you could, um, you know, do the exercise and masturbate when you feel like it because what you don't want is masturbating to become a chore. You want it to be something that you want to do. So I hope that answers that question. But, yes, there's certainly, and also, as I've said previously, the blue pill, which is Viagra, is not your best option when it comes to, um, rehabilitation you'd be much better off with a daily dose of Cialis but um, and all of that's covered in the program but I think in your case doing 
regular pelvic floor exercises, using a pump daily, maintain your masturbation when you want to for solo sex and fun, and changing your PDE5 would be a good option. And the other thing, if you are men who have to masturbate because they don't have a partner or not have to, some it's very enjoyable, but the um, Pulse Duo is a good option for you as well because it just makes masturbation a lot easier because masturbating with a not hard penis is actually quite difficult. Um, I had erections on a bowel motion starting about three weeks after the radical prostatectomy and it was a robotic one. I had significant ED pre-operation. I hear that a lot. It's just because when you um, do a poo, you have the Valsalva manoeuvre. You do the vel what's called the Valsalva manoeuvre and it pushes blood down and into the penis shaft. So you're just pushing blood into the shaft of the penis. So it's not like a real erection, but it's still good for your penis to get that blood flow. And... What have we got here? Missed the bowel motion question. Sorry, is that normal? After six weeks, this reduced. It is normal, very, very normal. Um, it says that he's still highly erectile dysfunction, but the pump and cabajet seem to work. So cabajet's an interesting one. I'm personally not a fan of cabajet because it's it's got one active ingredient in it, which is um, Alprostadol and one in 20 men get an ache in the shaft of the penis with alprostadol. And because of that, if that's the first drug they ever try and they get that, they won't go back to it. But there's a lot of other mixtures we can use if we get it compounded that can give good erections without that pain. The other problem I have with Cavajet is the delivery method is not very easy. You have to stick a needle straight into the shaft of your penis. You can't use an auto injector. So I think there's a lot better options than Cavajet personally. But that's my personal opinion. And if it works for you, that's good. Um, Rob, oh, you mentioned that blood pressure tablets work against erections. Can you tell me more, please? Yes. So the idea of um, blood, blood pressure tablets is that it cause, they cause vasodilation, not all of them, but most of them everywhere in the body. And because of that, it's taking blood away from where you need it in the, in the specific area. There's, it's, it also can interfere with your messages to your brain and blood pressure tablets and antidepressants are the biggest causes of ED in men who haven't had um, prostate cancer treatment. But there are alternatives in the depression and the blood pressure scope where um, which we can change to that don't cause these issues. So if you were to go into the program, then I would... I will, everyone will get a new patient form and I get them to fill out their medications and I'll look at their medications and make suggestions about what you could change to. And then I'd get you to go back to your general practitioner and get them to talk to you about it. Um, this guy said, hi, Melissa, fantastic presentation. Thank you, glad you enjoyed it. Can you please comment on your experience with patients who have had radiotherapy as opposed to surgery? Yes. So, um, and this would be a really good thing for you to actually listen to um, some of the podcast. And this week's podcast, we interviewed a radio oncologist um, about this exact subject. And we also have done that a few times before. So the difference with people who have radiation therapy is that they often maintain their erections immediately post-treatment, unlike the surgical patients who lose it, but their erectile function goes down over time. So these kind of patients, I think that penile rehabilitation is very, very important to start when you notice a decline in your erectile function. And you're going to need to maintain that for, for a very long time. 
because the men who have surgery and then they re get back their spontaneous erection down the track, they can stop the rehab until things go again with aging process. But the guys who have radiotherapy and things decline, then you need, this is a, a job for you, you need to keep exercising your penis and keeping it healthy to maintain function. Uh, so as important, if not more important, for patients who have radiotherapy to do penile rehabilitation. How often should you use the Vacurect pump? Well. If you're talking about for rehab, then you should use it, in my opinion, at least every second day, but the more the better. Um, and as I said, the regime that I use for rehab only takes actually about five minutes a day using the Vacurect pump. So it shouldn't be too hard. And I think you should do that. Uh, have you ever hear of using acupuncture for rehab? Yes, I have heard but I can't speak to it because I don't know enough about acupuncture. I am quite happy for people to um, use alternative therapies in conjunction with what I use, as long as they're not going to cause harm. And acupuncture is certainly something that won't cause harm if done by a qualified person. So go for it. I was actually speaking to a patient today in um, Atlanta and he is using some sort of peptide therapy that he got from his naturopath and he is having quite good results with that. So I haven't heard of that before, so I'm interested to find out more. So I'm very open to these things, as long as it's not going to cause harm. I'm not open to snake oil salesmen who sell you herbal supplements that um, are nothing really and don't work, but I'm definitely open to other natural therapies. So if I think using acupuncture and if it's working for you and it's not doing you any harm, then go for it. Should Rehab be done every day. A part of the rehab should be done every day, yes. So you don't have to use a pump every day. As I said, every second day is sufficient, but there's you really need to take a PDE5 inhibitor, so one of the medications we talked about, the vitamin pill for your penis, and you do also need to... Um, you, do, you do need to think of some other things. We talk a lot about in the program about um, penile massage, which you can do in the shower, so, you know, five minutes a day, five to 10 minutes a day is more than enough. Uh, this guy said, I'm reluctant to take Viagra and the likes as a rehab drug because I'm afraid of its effect on my ability to exercise or weight training. My little experience with Viagra showed that I do get pretty bad headaches after it sometimes, which would definitely impact my ability to exercise. Yes. So if you're having, it shouldn't affect your ability to exercise unless you're having side effects such as a headache. Um, and as I've said, Viagra is not my drug of choice. I think low dose Cialis is much better and also stays in your system a lot longer. So you can also take it every second day. So there's certainly options for that. Um, yeah. So it's a very, they are very, very safe drugs, very safe. So I can't stress that enough. And I think they get a bad rap in the media, but they're actually safer than Panadol. So it's just about tweaking a program and the medication to suit you. Um, next question. Appreciate your comments. I had my prostate removal three weeks ago. So at the moment, dripping is my concern. The sexual rehabilitation may be my journey and the concern for me is getting my wife on board. Yeah, I agree. So I always encourage um, men to bring their partners to the consults uh, because I think it's great, like, you know, for, it's, a, it's a couple thing. It affects both of you. So, and I think the problem with wives is they often don't realise until we have a conversation with them 
that it's not just about sex, that it's also about having a shrinking penis, being able to stand up to pass urine, that this is really attached to your manhood and your masculinity and it's not all about intercourse. And I think most wives, once they realise that, are really, really happy to be on board. The other thing I think is a lot of wives say to their partners in my consults, it's okay if we never have sex again. I just want you to be alive. And I know that that comes from a good place. Um, Unfortunately for them, I watch the guy's face drop because the guy takes it as, oh, she doesn't care if we're ever intimate again. And I don't think that's what she's saying at all. I think often they're saying that to make you feel better rather than ignoring you. What's the next one? Do you have to modify the program for people who have had radiation therapy, want to keep function rather than recovering from it? Nope. The program as it is, the rehabilitation program, suits people in that situation perfectly. It's for rehab is exactly the same for people, whether they've had surgery, radiation, or whatever their loss of function is. The only difference is that different people will have to keep going for longer and other people will be able to stop. Uh, is it possible to lobby the urology peak body to get urologists more on board referring patients to comprehensive pre- and post-op help? It just seems to take so long to search this stuff out and it's quite time-sensitive info. Totally agree. And um, I haven't lobbied any urologists in other states, but I should and I will. Um, But I have pretty much got every urologist in Perth referring to me or my colleagues Uh, So there's not just me in restorative sexual health. I also have a wonderful nurse practitioner called Sharon Stephen. And soon I've got another amazing lady called Kendall Gow starting with me because we're so busy we can't keep up with our face-to-face consults and they've both been urology nurse practitioners for many years. And, um, yeah, so I totally agree with you. And, yes, we need to – we've definitely got the West Australian ones on board and we've got – we need to get more on board. Next. Wow, this is great. You guys have asked so many questions. We've only got four left. So have used the pump for penetration, but the idea of rehabilitation and vibration does not seem to, uh, the idea of rehabilitation and vibration does not seem to do a lot. Sorry for the broken messages. Hmm. Sorry, I'm not really sure what you mean about that. Um, have, I'm not sure if you've tried vibration or not, but perhaps you could send me an email at melissa at rshealth.com.au and explain exactly what you mean and I will answer that better. Does DVA cover the cost of the program? No, they don't. Sorry, I tried. I've tried twice now and um, they don't. They will cover the cost of the pump though, um, but not the cost of the program. Hi, I've tried Viagra. No good. My oral just said if it's not working, don't bother wasting your money. Would Cialis be better? Different PDE5 medications, people respond to the different ones. So that's not entirely true. It is worth trying the others. And also remembering that PDE5 medications are quite cheap now. You know, even Cialis used to be really expensive, but it's off patent now. So you can get a box of um, Cialis, like 28 tablets for $30 now at Chemist Warehouse. So I definitely encourage you to try the other ones. There's Spedra and there's Cialis. 
but you need to know how to try them. Those, those drugs, those medications for erections all work differently. Some work better without food, some work are not affected by food, some work better in certain situations. And so there's quite a lot of nuances to these drugs. It's not a case of here's a script and just go for it. You actually need to know how it works and when it's going to work best. So I think you should definitely try the others. And I think if you're not getting any luck, you should definitely try injectable therapies um, or you should try a Vacurect with a ring or you should try all of the above. Uh, another person said, I might have missed it, but do you recommend tablets like Viagra prior to cancer treatment plans for robotic? Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And that's what pre prehabilitation is all about. So when we send the program to people, if they're pre-treatment, um, we make it slightly different. So there's for people who are pre-treatment, we concentrate a lot more in the program we send to them on what they can do before the surgery than we do with the guys who are post because they don't want to sit through that probably. So they, they are, there's two different ones. You need to tell us if you're pre or post and we send you um, it accordingly. Obviously, there are multiple factors involved in getting back to normal. Do you have a feeling of how much your rehab program adds to this? So any data or figures in that regard? That is such a hard question. Um, I can't tell you. I've only launched the rehab program online a few months ago. So I can't give you data on how many people, but I can give you data on the patients I've seen and I've seen thousands of them. And um, as I said earlier, I think it's about 70% of people will return to spontaneous function and the rest, bar about 5%, will be able to return to having an intimate relationship. So, yeah, I think that the odds are good. It's, it's all about, it's all about, doing something if you do nothing you're not going to have any change so my husband always says a prior preparation prevents a piss poor performance and I think that you know rehabilitation is definitely one of these things if you keep doing what you've always done you're just going to get the same and it's in the research proves that getting your penis moving and doing things improve sexual function and prevent shrinkage and so when you get the um, in answer to this question I think what you need to do is when you get sent through the webinar, have a look at some of the research papers and read up about it. But yes, I definitely think it makes a difference. Do you change the treatment between non-nerve sparing and nerve sparing? Yes, I do. So if you have non-nerve sparing surgery, you have to be really realistic that you're never going to get spontaneous erection again. So and that's what I mean by that's why it's so important that people take up these consults that are part of the program, because what we will do in that situation, the rehab part of it to maintain your penis and your healthy tissue is exactly the same for everybody. But how you get back to having sexual function is different. So someone with non-nerve sparing surgery must use a pump with a ring or injections to be able to have intercourse or we need to talk a lot about um, outer course. And I haven't mentioned outer course yet, but outer course is when you have sexual intimacy with somebody, but it's not about penetrative sex. And to be honest, penetrative sex is not the be all and end all for many women. So having outer course can be very satisfying for both people. And men can have orgasms without erections. And I talk a lot about that in the program as well. And then we have, thanks for your great information. Does the program help with incontinence, hormone treatment and radiation therapy? 
I don't help with incontinence, but I do give some very basic tips on incontinence and access to a video of my colleague that I do the penis project with. Um, and yes, it does address hormone treatment and radiotherapy. My GP prescribed me some Viagra pre-op, even though I thought I did not need it. It was good to try before the surgery. It provided me with an experience of context of how it's supposed to work. She's fab. Excellent, excellent GP you have. And when I see people pre-treatment, I always prescribe the three drugs to them as well and ask them to give it a try. So we know which one works best for them before the surgery. And then that's what we aim for post-surgery or post-radiation treatment. So I think you have got a fab GP. She's excellent. If having a face-to-face -face consult with you, can it be claimed on health insurance? Face-to-face uh, -face consults with me are Medicare. So um, every consult you get back $51.85 from Medicare and then there's a gap. Um, yeah, I'm, so I'm the same as a GP. So GPs don't claim on private health. They claim on um, Medicare and that's exactly what I do. Tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions, and so much feedback. And Melissa and I are absolutely thrilled about this. What we'd really love you to do, though, is to share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit including any man in your life. Simply download using your favourite podcast app or subscribe to the penisproject.org. You'll get a weekly email and new releases and this helps our podcast get more people. And if you write a review and subscribe as well, well, we'll get known more widely across the globe. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Women, just a mystery to me. my own now it fills me with pride to see him growing so fast into a man